Oh, oh, that was live. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are live from Cartersville, Georgia. It is the Couch Potato Sports Report with Mo Betta, T-Bird, and the other guy, OG Andrew Jones, is in the house. Good, e- good evening, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Good evening, man. Oh, we've got, we've got a slate full tonight, so let's jump into it. Um, we're kicking off this week perfect for a final four, a final four that really has Hollywood story implications. So tell me what your thoughts are on the men's final four right now. We've got Villanova, we've got Kansas, and we've got one of the oldest rivalries in history with North Carolina and Duke. I think that it's very fitting with Coach K going out that the road to the to the final, the championship leads through through North Carolina. So what are your thoughts, T Bert? Uh well, um it's gonna be really good. Duke. North Carolina, Villanova, and Kansas. Um, I, you know, as y'all know, I'm not a real big Coach K fan. I mean, can you sound any more depressed? I mean, I mean, I ain't taking nothing away from him, but I'm just not a big Coach K fan. I do want to pay homage to uh, um, Mr. Davis at North Carolina, though, because uh, what's his first name? Um, you just said Herbert. Uh, Hubert. Hubert. Okay. I just said it ten times and forgot it right. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think he's done a wonderful job with North Carolina. I, I don't think nobody thought that North Carolina would be, be in the Final Four. I mean, he followed Roy Williams and um, Dean Smith. I mean, I think he's done a phenomenal job because he, he. I think when they made the hire, I think it was a lot of people turning their heads. Uh, you know, and then Villanova, you got Bill Self. He's been in it. A number of times, Drew, and and then you got Kansas. You know, us being on this side of the spectrum, we don't hear a lot about Kansas. I mean, they're I just see them, you know, always every year in a tournament. But I, you know, for me, I wouldn't mind uh, North Carolina winning it. I don't want Duke to win. <laughs> um, and then, but I think in my heart, I think Villanova is going to win. To be All honest right. with you. OG, what are your thoughts on Kansas? Do do they have a shot? Yeah, I think they have a shot. They anytime you have three guys that can score twenty points, decent big man, and can play some D, you got a shot to win. Yeah, but I'm gonna tell T Bird straight up: you do not. You need to appreciate Coach K's legacy, <laughs> and it is very fitting that it's Duke UNC in the Final Four because they. As, like, they don't play each other enough during the regular season. Right. But, man, this is the rivalry of, of rivalries, especially anywhere near uh, in, in the southeast. Yeah. And I wish this was a home game for Duke because nothing is more exciting than Cameron Indoor right. in a big rivalry game like this. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate Coach K. I really do. I just don't like him. I mean, that, you know that's what? just my – why. You know, I, okay, y'all want to know the real yes, reason? Yes. It better be good too. What you got? Because Coach K, you know, they've showed him through the years, and you know, he's seventy-five years old. He's still putting paint in his hair, and and then he sits over there and just like I'm gonna kick all yours. But you know the way he talk. I'm gonna just really gonna grind. grind, grind. Wait a minute, Drew. And then I seen a picture of him in a. And I don't mean this in no in kind of indirect way. I think they were uh, they was doing a, a thing because that's what he looked like. It, they showed it on TV. He was in a German uh, army uniform. Looked just like a like don't, a don't not, say it. Don't say no. it. Okay, say I won't it. say it. He looked like a German soldier. Okay, and it just it just blew. My, and that's that's all I see when I see Coach K. So nothing to do with what he does. On the court, coaching, just really aesthetics. I, well, I'm, no, it ain't that. I just, I don't know if I really uh, like his coaching style. Whatever it is, though, he wins. Now, I got to give him that. Or whatever he's saying, he's doing. You know how you just, you know, okay, it's just like a girl. You know how women do. Uh oh. Okay. What is that? What is that? <laughs> Let me just tell you, okay, if you're a married man and you're driving in the car with your wife and then she'll see a woman over there and she'll say, 
asked her husband, what's her name? I mean, that, that's that's just like that's. You See, know. you already answered wrong. You're supposed to say what woman? See, <laughs> see. I see. I see you traveling at the bit over here, OG. What anyway, you got? what you got? Yeah, All right, yeah. listen up. He's he's consistently won. He's not had a big scandal, a big you know. Yeah. Hear all these all these scandals in coaching. And most importantly, he graduates players. Mm. Sure, there are some that go on to the NBA that are one and done. But the guy can graduate players at a rate that I don't know if we've ever seen before as long as he's been coaching. So he is a darn good coach, and he gets his he promised his parents that he's going to graduate the kids, and they do. Yeah, he hadn't had any scandals, but he just hadn't been caught. That's all. Just like oh, the rest of here we well, here, here's what I find interesting. I read an article last week about St. Peter's yeah. and the amount of money that they're going to be bringing in just by being in the tournament and yes. making it as far as they did. So we're talking about $3 million, which is has to be spread across their whole conference, but that's still good money. So oh, imagine yeah. as many times that as, as Coach K has won – Think about the revenue stream oh, yeah. that he's been over these 40-plus years in his career. That alone just, you know, deserves re- respect. So, who are your picks? Who are your picks? Who you, who, who you got winning it all? Nova. Nope. Jay really? Wright's got a good team. Wow. I, yeah. I'm going, with, I'm going with Nova, too. Although, I'd like to see Hubert Davis win. Uh, I don't like North Carolina, either, but I'd like to see Hubert Davis win, but I'm going with Villanova. I'm going to go with Kansas. I don't know. They've, they've flown under the radar this year. I'd love to see Duke win just because, again, that's, you couldn't write that story any better. Hollywood will be chomping at a bit to do that life movie of, of Coach K. But I, I think that Kansas is a dark horse. They've kind of flown under the radar for this entire tournament. So I really wouldn't be surprised. Let's, um, let's swing it over to the women. Um, uh, yeah. We've got um, a, a, a potential matchup of two powerhouses, both South Carolina and UConn are in the final four. Um, what are your thoughts? Who you got to win it? Uh, I'd love to see uh, South Carolina win. I love Don Staley. I love her style of basketball. I love the way she coaches. I don't like uh, my boy and uh, Gino. Gino, he just dry. He catches me, man. I don't know what about Gino. He just drives me nuts. You know, but he's you know he's won. I'm gonna give it to Gino, but I, I'd like to see uh, South Carolina win it again. Okay, what you got? Yeah, I can agree with that. I, Gino's had his time. It's kind of the old, the old yes. changing of the guard, mm-hmm. and I like the talent diversity that is coming. It, it's not just all the good players go to UConn right. and they win, right. you know, hundred whatever games in a row. Right. I, I like the the change, and and yeah, Don Don's a good, great player, great coach, great, great player, player, great, great coach. coach, no doubt. I'm excited to see. Um, of course, we know we've got a hometown hero on. South Carolina, and she does the intangible. I watched the game the other day. She had 11 points and 11 boards, and she was all over the place. She's uh, from Georgia, Victoria right? Saxon, okay. yes. So I would love for sentimental reasons to see them win. But also, you talk about the change of the guard. I remember growing up, you know, Tennessee was the team you wanted to play for, and it's just so exciting to see the evolution of women's basketball over the years. And so no you doubt. have so many other teams, so many other programs that are really shining a light on how these women are playing good basketball. So I think that's what it will boil down to, UConn and South Carolina. We hadn't even mentioned the other two teams. Who are the other two teams in it? <laughs> what? <laughs> the losers? Uh, Andrew's <laughs> going to give us that in a minute. But uh, one thing, though, like we talked about last week, Mo, is I love women's basketball because I think that it's played correctly. Yes. Uh, if you'll watch both tournaments, if you'll watch both Final Fours, you'll see the women play the, the game of basketball the correct way. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, with the guys, they're so much more athletic. They're so much stronger. So they almost shortcut the game. Yeah. You know, because they don't have to – a lot of times they don't have to move their feet to draw the offensive foul. You know, women really have to work. have to move. And so that's that's what I like watching uh, women's basketball. Who are the other two, Drew? So we got Louisville and South Carolina. And then UConn plays Stanford. So we could oh, have a Stanford. South Carolina okay. UConn showdown. Don't count out Stanford. Don't count them out. I know. But I, again, you know, Don Staley won it, uh, what, two years ago? And I really, I, I just think with her and her story is so good for the game because of the type of player that she was. Mm-hmm. And her team plays like her. Right. So that's what I like about South Carolina. Yeah, and I think uh, just watching the game, just watching them throughout 
you know, the season. It's just if you are new to basketball and you want to see the fundamental things that should be done co- the correct way, the correct way. In moving the ball and blocking out defense, blocking out just those small things that you really miss with the guys. No offense, but again, it's oh. it's heavily influenced by the NBA, which is more to me more entertainment style right. than it is of actually playing basketball. But oh, don't can't talk. wait for that. Good talk, good talk. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take a break now. This is the Couch Potato Sports Report with Mo Better, T-Bird, and the other guy, Andrew. Thanks for checking in with us here in Cartersville. We'll be back in a moment. Okay, that was good. And we are back here live in Cartersville, Georgia. It's the Couch Potato Sports Report with Mo Better, T-Bird, and the other guy, OG, Andrew. Guys, it's so good to be back together once again. We've had a little hiatus, but it's so wonderful to see you guys again, to be back talking about sports like the everyday guy, just around the water cooler at the barbershop, like everyday folks. We're not paid analysts on ESPN, but we're folks who love sports and love to talk about it. So let's dive in to the Hawks. And maybe I should be a little bit more optimistic. The Hawks. And do they even have a flying chance of of ice cream in hell to make it to the playoffs and make some noise this year? Really, the heavy side. Oh, the heavy side. Well, well, first of all, before we go in there, like you said, it was great to be back again. But, uh, Andrew, you've been a little busy, uh, the guy. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, tell us what's (laughs) going to happen to you since last time we saw you. I've uh, I've had a couple of kids. Oh, man. They've been watching no TV. And, uh, yeah, it's. uh, You've been busy. Stretch, right. Right. Uh, Well, you know. Okay, I was just wondering, you be, you know, them Hawks tickets are going to be pretty expensive as they get older, so I was just letting you know. <laughs> anyway, anyway, speaking of, speaking of, the, speaking Hawks. of the Hawks, you know, uh, I watched the game last night, and, uh, uh, you know, we've won four games in a row. Um, we're trying to get into the play-in tournament, and uh, we're tied. We're in a four-way tie, us, the Nets, um, Charlotte, I think, and and I forget who the other one is. It's a four way tie, right? Three way tie, right now. It's three way tie. Okay, now watching the game, I was te- I was talking to Dexter, and he was at the game last night, and I we were up, I don't know, twenty plus something points, and so we just come down and we just start jacking threes. You know, it's like we get comfortable. With with uh, mediocrity, okay, we're up. Let's everybody relax. Let's let's not pound them in the ground like good teams do, mm-hmm. because these are games that you got to have, even though the team's not as good as you are. And again, I I love Nate, but I I blame that on Nate because you're standing there watching your team do that. Then you got to call time. I know they're professionals, but still something is not happening with the communication. Uh, b- between the way they want to be. Can any one of y'all tell me what kind of identity we have? Mm. OG? Could it be that Trey, as the leader of the team, does not respect Nate and the calls that he makes? You know, I, uh, I've i wondered that. I've, I've, I've looked at, I've tried to look at Nate and Trey interact. Um, I know he didn't like Lloyd Pierce. And um, but I thought he liked Nate, but I know a lot of times during during the uh, timeouts, you know, Nate drawing things up and Trey looking up in the seventh floor. You know what I mean? So I I don't know that, but I know, you know, Trey's got to be the one to initiate what we're gonna do. But I, I'm I'm old school. Tell your players what you want them to do. Okay, if we're coming down, I know we got superstars, but guys, okay. All right, uh, we got eight minutes left in the game. We're up fifteen. 
you know, let's pound the ball inside a little bit. You know, if if the if the outside shot opens, you play the game from the inside out. And you know, we we got to do some of that rather than coming down taking our Melissa threes. Bogey does it too. Uh, Gallinari does it, and uh, my boy uh, Hunter DeAndre Hunter just simply cannot shoot. Well. Well, I think that there are a couple of things that that are elephants in the room when it comes to the Hawks and a lot of NBA teams, and that's selfish and lazy. And you have a lot of guys who have something to prove, who are who are who are trying really to earn a max contract somewhere. So again, there's this there's this push to put on a show, show what you can do. So it's it's certainly not thinking a, a team element when it comes to being cohesive, especially when it gets to the playoffs. And the laziness of, yeah, it's easy to just run down and just jack up a three rather than have to think through and create your own shot, which is really used to be the hallmark of the NBA player. But it's just, I don't know. I, can, it, can it make a push, Andrew? I don't think so. I, similar to college, you got – you need three guys that can score 20, decent big men, and play some D. And mm-hmm. I don't know if the Hawks have any of that. I, I no. really don't. Now, Capella played good last – he's played good the last three or four games. He looks like the Clint Capella from last year, last three or four games. But at the same time, we don't play as a cohesive unit. When you get in the playoffs, you just cannot miss a lot of shots. You can't. DeAndre Hunter, I have no idea what's going on in his world. He plays good one night – and then for four or five nights in a row, he's he, you wonder what's going on in your head. Well, think about it. It's it's coaching. We talk about think of the the ability for these NBA coaches to be able to coach up these players, coach up these professionals with these tremendous egos. So trust. There's Nate or an assistant coach has been in Hunter's ear saying, "Just keep shooting," <laughs> and that's what we have. Well, we got to get uh, Drew. We got to get through the Nets, uh, and we got to get through Charlotte. And personally, I think we're a better team than Charlotte, but we don't play like it. Now, the Nets with uh, Kyrie, and there's no way we could beat them, that, in, in my opinion. What y'all think? Kevin Durant. Uh, they have got a, several several very talented players. You know, is Kyrie in his prime? Is, is KD in his prime? Probably not. But they they are – Less selfish, in my opinion, than than Trey. Trey reminds me a lot of Allen Iverson back in the day. <gasps> very, very self-focused. He's a one-man show, and he took a max contract. Maybe they can't afford to pay for talent in these other positions. And it's it's the Trey show. It's running ISO. Well, and, well and I, I mean, I get that. But without Trey, we are no good. Trey... Right? With Trey, we are a lot better team. And but, I, and but, are, but are we maximizing what we have with Trey to really put together what could be a scary team? Well, you you got to give him a little credit now. Look at he's he's uh what he had fourteen points the other night, but he had sixteen assists. So he's tried to get the team a lot more involved. Now you got to give him that, and that's great. But if you can give him another superstar or even close, yeah. That takes a lot of the pressure yes. off. Yes. And if you look at, I, I'm curious to know the percentage of payroll that goes to Trey, but also the percentage of points. Because well, he's making I, 250 million over five years, so you, you had to sign him. So compare, so compare what he, what his allotment is of the the payroll, and then what his allotment is of the scoring. And I feel like he does everything, and it the Hawks live and die on on him having a good night. Well, it's just like Dexter said. That's that's the way the NBA is today. You you, you got to have a superstar in the NBA. No, you, you don't. Yes, you, you, no, do. you don't. Here's, yes, here, you do. Here's the thing: you is do. you have to have maybe not necessarily a superstar because if you think about it, there are really only three or four big names in the NBA, NBA right now. Right. But there are still several teams that are performing well. Um, and I'm feeling I'm feeling like Dexter. So I'm going to talk about the Suns again. Um, what they did. For Devin Booker. Devin Booker, again, for a couple of years, he was a scoring yes. machine, but the team sucked. What they did, they went out, they got players like Chris Paul. They got these, the, they they shored up the other positions to make them a contender. Now they have the best, best record in the NBA. So it can be done. 
And no, it's not necessarily about being a superstar. Yes, a super scorer, but you're going to need more than if than somebody that's averaging 40 points a night in order to win an NBA championship. Look, look at, let's take a look at the San Antonio Spurs for the last 15 to 20 years. Oh my goodness, in my, in my memory, aren't you a Spurs fan, OG? No, uh-huh. I, I don't have a dog in the fight, but, uh-huh. but the Spurs have three guys that can score 20. They're not selfish. They will give up an open shot for a better shot, and they listen to their coach. And mm, you don't get do. any of those. Great point. Right. Both of those things now. But the Spurs did not have a superstar. They had several all-star players, but never. A, I mean, Tim Duncan has been very good, but he's never been at that elite level. That's only because Tim Duncan didn't. Uh, he was a superstar. He wasn't at. He was at that elite level. He he was just. He just he didn't play a role. He played a role. Yeah, but on the he team. was a, he was an elite level. He could do basic basketball better than anybody. We're about we're, we're about could, to run up on a break, but I see I see Dexter just chomping. He at could the do better. They had two superstars. They had Tim Duncan and David uh, Robinson. David Robinson, but they listened to what their coach said. Because they had three guys that could score 20 and decent big men, and they okay. played defense. But That's, they were superstars. Dave Robinson, superstar. Okay, he he's a very talented guy. Leonard, Leonard. Oh God, we're getting interrupted. Uh-huh. Who, what is that? Uh-huh. A tornado? Leonard, Leonard is a superstar. Kawhi. Oh, uh, Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, superstar. He was, but he, yeah, he was and Kawhi. he became a, he was very good at the Spurs, but he became a superstar after he left. <laughs> when he went, he, he won the championship with Toronto, not Spurs. But I'm gonna tell you, in Atlanta, when Dominique Wilkins was playing his best basketball ever, Lenny Wilkins Uh-oh. traded him. To the Los An- to the Clippers. You gonna put that on Lenny? I'm a, yeah, I'm gonna put it on Lenny. Lenny has run has ruined many a basketball player because he didn't want no superstar on his team. You trade your best player for Danny Manning for eight first months. of all. First, love I, him to life, but never do, Dominique that. was past his prime. No, I he was. Yes, he was. He was still, man. Dominique at that time was playing his tail off. There you go, being sentimental again. I'm no, no, All I'm right. not. On that, on that, on that, on that sentimental. I'm gonna interrupt you there. Look we, at that. We gotta take a break. That. You see how I did that? See what I did there? <laughs> Dominique All right, was folks, playing we're gonna be back with more. We're gonna let T Bird take a timeout. I, I'm mad. Dominique was playing his butt off, and Lenny Wilkins traded him. Because he went from team to team. Right. Because but, nobody, but y'all ain't, yeah. And won a championship overseas, don't nobody care. Right. But the thing is, is that Dominique at that time, I'm talking about in that mm. season, now you could have traded him after the season, but Nick was playing his best basketball. Come back from that torn Achilles. They ready to go back. He was, man. Oh, oh they're back? Yeah, you guys, you guys oh. Oh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta well, they, well, there you go. There you go. That's you what, it's, it's, what, that, it's what I love about the Cowboys Sports Report. And we it's are passionate. We are passionate. We're live. And there's no such thing as taking a break when you're talking about what you love. So, and guys, T-Bird's still wrong at the end of the day. He is wrong. He is no, wrong. But you, you know what? Trying to tag team and jumping saying, off the top you know, rope trying to, We're trying to let you see reason here, sir. All right. I got you, Mo. I let's, got you, um, Let's flip over and talk some NFL. Let's talk about let's talk about the draft. It's coming up soon. Um General thoughts, but specifically, guys, I mean, we do have a team here in Atlanta called the Falcons who recently lost their star quarterback of 14 years and just signed a new um, variable quarterback, I, I would say. But what do you see the needs are for us to for Atlanta to fill during the draft? Before OG? we before we get into that, Uh-oh. I want to remind you, you both uh-huh. seven years ago, we were sitting in a very similar seat and i gave t-bird heck because matt ryan signed a max deal at the time mm-hmm. and the falcons couldn't afford any linemen mm-hmm. and t-bird got all bent out of shape but he spent the next three seasons sitting on his butt because they couldn't afford anybody to block right. for him and Cor- that's how it's been the last seven years for correction he was laying on his back <laughs> excuse excuse <laughs> 
was laying on his back. What, what, do, we, what do we butt. need? We, we, we have this conversation every year, and it's, it's starting to make me roll my eyes because we, we have these needs. We want to plug these holes, and we go out in the draft, and, and there's this pseudo excitement about a player that they draft that's an offensive lineman or a defensive end. And they – I want. I mean, really, over the last – since um, maybe – who? no, who's the one, who's the one that – not Calvin Ridley – uh, the receiver, Julio. Was it Pitts? Yeah, that's Pitts, yeah, we really got excited by him. But tell me, guys, what 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 do we need? What do we need from from this draft? What we can need we do? everything. Defense. <laughs> We've been saying that for 10 for years. We need defense. I mean, I agree with they, you. They lost the NFC Championship and then two years later lost the Super Bowl because of the lack of defense. Mm-hmm. And we bring in a defensive-minded head coach for a lot of years mm-hmm. and got close, but it's been a roller coaster. But – the defense is bad. It's in the bottom half of the league every single year. Every year. And uh, I don't know if y'all have noticed, but every coach that Arthur Blank has hired has been a first-year coach, head coach. Every coach. Yeah. Now, what I'm saying is he he hadn't went and got, like, an established coach. He, he's always getting guys uh, – you know, do y'all think that could be a, a problem? Not getting somebody that's, you know, been used to being a head coach or whatever. You know what? I, I've i had this sneaking suspicion that Arthur Blank and the owners of the Braves are have little powwows. And they because they appear, it appears as if the Falcons follow the same kind of model of, hey, you know what? As long as their product is decent enough – then it's and as long as it's generating revenue, we really don't particularly care about spending the type of money that we need to to make those really critical choices that really are a tremendous gamble. I just don't see Arthur Blank being the kind of guy that would gamble on something that's not a guarantee when he has pretty much a cash cow. They was gonna get they was gonna spend that money on on uh Watson. You think so? Do you really think they really had a shot? I, I think they did. I just I think that uh Watson asked for some of the conversations they had. I think that he asked for more than what they were willing to give, but they was going to give him a lot. See, I, I think that's a mistake. The, the, but you, you're on to something, Mo, with the, the Paul Brown model, I call mm-hmm. it. Just mm-hmm. the cheapest way possible to run the team and, and just generate that income. But if you put all your money in, in one basket with a quarterback – you don't have the money you to don't. build the rest of the team the where, to where it needs to be. That's why guys like Manning and Brady take less money mm-hmm. and renegotiate so they can bring in the talent around them. Yeah. That's why they win Super Bowls. Yeah. So well, what, do, so what they, do we need? What do we need? Uh, we need somebody on the offensive line. Do we draft it? How do we I mean what? I think you got to get some free agents because we yeah. went the draft route with off, offensive linemen and they ain't worth a flip. And. Uh, so I think you got to find some quality free agents. You know, we've picked a couple of free agents that was bottom dollar, and they play like it. And so, you know, okay, Jake Matthews is your is your left tackle. He's a, he's going to be there. You've got uh, uh, Lindstrom as your right guard. He's I think that's one that they got right. Lindstrom did not give up one sack last year. That's saying something in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you got McGarity. Uh, the right tackle, everybody said he was going to be this and that. All he's doing is ended up in the backfield with the quarterback every time, you know. <laughs> and then, but we can't find a left guard. How many people we done had at left guard going in and out? So they're going to have to find and spend a little money on their their line. Now, our scheme going to be a little bit different with Mariota, other guy. Yeah. It, it's a decent look because Matt Ryan is not as fleet of foot as Mariota. <laughs> but also, we gave up a, a very good running back, in my opinion, because we couldn't protect the line and he didn't have the success that he's had. But who? Dog girl? The guy from Florida State. Um, oh, DeAndre. I mean, what's his name? Um, I don't well, know. I'm 24. 24. Yeah. You know, Devontae uh, Freeman. Devontae Freeman, yeah. But in no fault of his own, he. He showed that he can still play in Baltimore, but it goes to show the O-line is is really what sets the tone for both the quarterback and the running game. Oh, Absolutely. no doubt. You, 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 you know, you got to win on both sides of the ball, offensive line and defensive line, you know. But, you know, we got to get some consistency in just the way we score, the way we play in the game. Uh, we can't 
play great in the first quarter and then blow our load for the whole game. See, I just I think that's that's the red herring. That's the smoke screen. I think that the offensive line it it should be the star of the team. And there should be a, a coaching philosophy that understands. There should be a scouting philosophy that understands the importance of, even if you have to find it in the in the draft, that you are are astute enough to be able to see how a player can fill a tremendous void. If it's if it's that simple, if offensive linemen are a dime or a dozen. And why do you have these teams that consistently do well when they have a great offensive line? Like the Rams. Look at the, how many sacks the Rams gave up. Mm-hmm. It's not many. Look at it, uh, even the Bucks. Like, you think Tom Brady likes to get sacked right. at his age? No. Right. That could, I, one more sack could be the end of, of but his But I career. also think that just goes to the power that Tom, a guy like Tom Brady has is that he knows – I mean, he's, he's great. He's won all these Super So, if you subpar – and you go play for Tampa Bay, you know in your mind, I'm protecting Tom Brady. So I know I got to play to a certain level. So you go and get to that level because of Tom Brady. You might not give that maximum effort for Matt Ryan or feel like I got to get here because Tom Brady going to chew you out himself. Mm-hmm. And and he makes players around him he, better. He, he makes them better. I got to give you that. I could say the opposite of friends like Trey Young, Uh-oh. we just talked about shots, shots fired. We ain't gonna get well, here's in the that. thing, guys. I mean, on 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 a on us just across the board, we need a rod receiver. We need a pass rusher. The, these these are again a refrain, a refrain, a refrain of something that's been repeated and something that's always been. We've been said, needing a pass just, rusher since John Abraham. I mean, really, remember how excited we got about? Uh, I don't want to say his name because he's from Bartow County. Beasley. Oh yeah, oh. He, yeah. We it had was, such high hopes from him from when, from his days when he was at Clemson. Yeah. He just really looked good on paper, it just, but just did not translate well. And I want to want to what is it? What responsibility do these players have in terms of mentally and physically preparing themselves for moving to the next level when they are drafted? Ooh, it's a big responsibility. But again, you you're a grown man. That's your job. So you got to know and understand and have on a have a passion for what you're doing on the football field. And I think with the money that they make, I think sometimes uh, that leaves a little bit to be desired for some of those guys. Yeah. You know, it's only a few guys that's got it like that. You know, when you think about some of the guys that came out that was high picks uh, four or five years ago, a lot of them not even in the league. Right. Right. And and not by choice. I mean, yeah. you've had a couple that retired, yeah. but. Yeah, there's a complacency there. And that in the NFL, there are so many players that would just do anything to be where you are, even just for a chance to mm-hmm. make the team. Like, you've, you owe it to yourself and every, everybody in that organization that took a chance on you to play your heart out. Let me touch on something, Mo. That we, we're talking about the draft talk. When you watch the NFL draft and you see all those guys and they put the camera on them when they call their name, mm-hmm. they crying, their mama crying, the sisters crying, the cousins, <laughs> everybody crying because everybody finna be rich. Everybody, everybody think they finna be rich. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody just close to them. Okay. Then when they get in the leagues, say uh, Odell Beckham. Okay, let's call Odell. I'm sure when he got the call, he was crying too. But now when they get in the league, they have a little bit of success. Then they start trying to manipulate the league. You understand? Like Odell, all the stuff, I don't want to play in New York no more. I got to find a way to get out of here, you know? You go to the Browns, it's a crap shoot up there. I, I don't like it up here. and But you've been crying because I'm honored to be in the league. And then when you get to the league, because things not going the way you want and because you got money to where you can walk away and take a year off or something, now you think the ball is in your court. That's what I don't like. These guys don't think it's a privilege to play in the in, in pro sports period after they make a couple of checks. And I think that's where a lot of players go wrong. You got to stay hungry. You got to stay humble. And and I'm just I'm tired of these guys. I, getting I see OG lead. just chomping. I know, man. What, I'm, what you oh, got? But but Tipper's exactly right. It's it's he he got ego because he had a couple of good seasons and he had one very famous catch. But what has he done in the last year in New York? What has he done any year in Cleveland? Nothing. And sure, he's he's a great talent and maybe he could have been utilized better. But 
He it was all about me it's all and about what me. I want. All right, all right, look, he won the Super Bowl with the Rams, and they didn't even sign him. He ought to be jumping the sign with them what, again. What, what question? And 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 maybe I'm just a little more sensitive, but think about your own job. I know you retired, T Bird, but <laughs> if 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 you weren't happy at your job, you would do what's necessary to change your environment to create better opportunity. So. Is it wrong that these NFL players are treating this like a job? They're and, and divas. Make, it, they're they're it, being yeah, divas. I mean, he can treat it like a job, but look, all right, if I ain't happy at my job over here, I'm leaving now, I'm going over here. I ain't happy over there, I'm leaving now, I'm going over here. You might better look at yourself. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> let's take a break. It is the Couch Potato Sports Report with T-Bird. No better. Other guy, OG, but with and that. the other guy. We are back live here in Cartersville, Georgia, a mere speck on the map, but a place where great things are happening, including right here in this studio. It's the Couch Potato Sports Report with T-Bird, Mo Better, and the other guy, OG Andrew. Guys, we've, we, we're live tonight. We're live tonight. You can tell, you can tell we've missed each other. And Wake up, Cartersville, because so we're back. Have you back. We're back. We're back. Let's go ahead and dive into um, what I'm sure will be a great topic for T-Bird, particularly the Atlanta Braves. What, uh, what, are we, what are we seeing here early, and what are we thinking in our thoughts in terms of um, what this season will hold for this team? Can they repeat? Well, first of all, Freddie Freeman is my enemy now. <laughs> so we don't have to talk about Freddie because he's gone. Uh, do I think they're a repeat more? I'm going to be honest with you. I just don't know. Uh, I think we feel in a good team. I think we've got pitching. We've, uh, we've really solidified the back end of our bullpen. Um, if everybody do their job and we hit, we ought to be right in the thick of things. But also the Los Angeles Dodgers are a powerhouse now. And, And they just got Craig Kimball in a trade today. They traded A.J. Pollock, and uh, so that's going to help their bullpen because we got their close at Kenley Jensen. So, I, you know, I think it's going to be, you know, the whoever throwing the left and the rights and whoever connect because I think it could get down to that. And I, I, I certainly think we got a chance, but I just don't know. It's just hard to say because the way we were up and down last year and then we caught fire, Drew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to take you way back. The 94 Florida Marlins had a fire sale after they upset the Yankees. They had a team of all-stars, and they sold everything and rebuilt. And I, I don't get the feel of that for the Braves this this year, but anytime you get rid of your best player who just goes and signs a mega deal somewhere else, you always got to, ooh, did we get rid of him for the right reasons or just because we're rebuilding? But – the Braves have always been a, a good pitching team, and so that's just like the line is is core in football. Pitching is is the core in baseball, and I I don't I think it's too early to tell if they have enough key pieces to uh, to make something special happen. I think when we lost, I, I I tell you they ain't talked about it much, and I don't know what happened, but I hated losing Jorge Salar. I really did. I. I really thought that we would try to sign him, especially with the DH. Um, I, I just don't understand what happened now. You brought Rosario back. So what you going to have starting out until Lacuna gets back? And by the way, I think Ron Lacuna is going to be considered the best player in baseball. He already is a yeah. little bit right now. Mm-hmm. But I really think when he put together some one, more wonderful years, I think he's going to – he's got everything. But you got you're gonna have Rosario in left, Adam Duval in center, and uh uh that that right the new outfielder we got this uh DH, I forget his name. I think he's gonna play some right field and you know it's gonna be a little musical chess a little bit till Acuna gets back. 
But we we solid up the mill. Dansby uh, and uh, um, second baseman, um, what's his name? The little short guy. Really, T. Bird. Oh man, I man, you know I'm older than y'all. Uh, Ozzy Albies, I'm sorry, Ozzy, and and uh, we're we're we got all that, so we got everything in place. But the the point is, can we do it? And Matt Olson, we need a big year for Matt Olson because we paid a lot of money for him. He's he is replacing somebody at first base, so we got to we need to get those numbers. Who's he replacing at first? <laughs> Don't make me say it. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me say but, it. But here, here's the thing. I think that's probably the, the 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 beautiful thing about baseball, but also the most frustrating is the stars have to align just so you, um, you have to avoid you know serious injuries to your to your major contributors. You have to be strategic in the way that you rotate in these pitching, and you have to be really have a little bit of luck in terms of putting together some runs and really kind of building a kind of the kind of cohesion that builds confidence. I I really feel that the number one reason, aside from just playing some good ball, that the Atlanta Braves won um, the, the World Series last year is because they were extremely confident. They really played as if – they knew that they were the best team on the field. And how do you recreate that in a year where it's obvious that management is rebuilding, restructuring, and going in a different direction? As, as, as from the manager down to the pitcher down to your star players, how do you all get on the same page when literally you start off the year with different expectations and different goals and priorities? So can, can that happen again? Sure, but will it for the Braves? I'm I'm not sold. I'm not sold. Again, I, I think it's that hard to, it's hard to get with that yeah. because we, you know, when you think about the team of the '90s, I felt like we was gonna win every game. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, with this team right now, they hadn't really proved that to me, even though they've won a World Series. But you got to give Snick a credit. You know, they wanted to count Snick out year after year, mm-hmm. but whatever he's done, he's won. Year after year. And I'm so happy for Brian Snicker because nobody saw him coming out. And and his players love him. Uh, He had big shoes to fill. And and he did. And he did it. Each year they got better and better. They couldn't fire him because he was making them better with with what he had. Mm -hmm. So kudos to Brian Snicker and his coaching staff. And, and you know, that was such a good feeling. In my lifetime, what was that, a cat? (laughs) Oh my God! Anyway, but uh, I've in my lifetime in Georgia, I've seen the Atlanta Braves win two World Series, nineteen ninety five and twenty twenty one. Come mm-hmm. on, man! Yeah, that's, that's a big. Gap. That's that's big. Yeah. That's big, man. A lot of people never get to see that in their. So, seat. are you saying then, that as, as a as a Braves fan this year, we need to be patient and trust the process and and not have high expectations? No. Have high expectations. Expect to win every night. Uh, what helped us get that last year is our pitching. Them boys pitched their tails yeah. off. And we hit the baseball. I've always said that when you get in the playoffs, everybody say pitchers win, pitching win championships, Drew. And I agree with that. But you got to hit. You got to hit the baseball in the playoffs. And that's exactly what we did. Does this, does this team – Andrew, OG, does this team have the potential to have the same high base baseball IQ as the as the last year's team? Man, when you leave, when you lose some veterans in free agency, it's tough to to get that back in the newer players because they're they don't have that cohesion. Lost one, that cohesion. Who who they lose? I ain't gonna say it? his name, but you lost one player. <laughs> but but again, when when you lose that player, that's all star player. And and the, the the management lets him go. How do you get the locker room back to that same winning mentality, that same vibe when they know that the you know probably the best player on the team just walked out the door? That's a good point. And uh, he's got to win over Dansby. Them Dansby them were loyal to Freddie, and they were talking about that the other day. How they asked Dansby a question about it. Now he 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 defended Freddie. He you know they asked him something like. Can Matt Olson, you know, say things and then he say, Well, you know, that's Freddie Freeman, you know, you know, and so 
I think if he gets Dansby them in his pocket, which he's a mild mannered guy, Olsen is he ain't gonna cause a lot of ruckus. But all he's got to do is produce on that field, and he'll have them. So they're not gonna win, but how far are they gonna go? They can make a run. They can maybe get maybe get to the championship series. Maybe. Well, the Mets in the East, the Mets have stacked up. The Phillies have stacked up. They've picked up some. They're going to be two better teams. And, uh, you know, Bryce Harper was the uh, MVP last year. Uh, and then when you add a couple of new bats like they did to their lineup, it's not going to be as easy getting by the Mets and uh, the Phillies in the East this year. So, you know, hopefully hopefully we can. If you, if you have three pitchers that can go deep, and and can hit three hundred in the playoffs. You you got a shot. Yeah. Well, we'll do it. I mean, I mean, we've got three pitches. We got Freed, we've got Martin, and we've got uh, Ian Anderson. And if though if they can stud up, you know that and be consistent with the three. You're right. We're gonna we're right. gonna make but, some waves. But same thing with the hitting. You got to have your team average be at least three twenty five. And, and across the board, not just one player that's doing, you know, doing all the work. Well, that's Dansby. You know, Dansby, he's got a wonderful glove, but he's, he's a streaky hitter. Very streaky. Yep. Dansby a hit for uh, two or three weeks. I mean, he batting 350, and then he'll drop down to 230 for a week. But if he, Dansby's batting probably ninth in this lineup. So, you know, you, you we got a great lineup. I mean, once we get Ron Lacuna back to me, that's going to send us on our trajectory. Once you get Acuna back, you got Acuna, Ozzy, Olsen, and if uh, another guy, if he can hit for average and homers, Adam Duvall. Oh, yeah. he crushes the ball. I love watching that guy. I love watching Adam Duvall. So we're going to see. It's, hey, it's, it's, it's a bullfight, and we got to get in there and fight. Is Adam Duvall just a home run hitter these days? You know, I hope not. And a strikeout, you know, strikeout machine, but he'll, he'll hit 40, but he'll strike out 300 times in the year. Yeah, but you, you live with that. You, you know, you live with that because that's what you got. And he, whether he's a home run hitter or he's going to strike out, he's in that lineup. So you got to pitch that lineup differently because you're afraid he's going to hit one 400 feet. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But doesn't that make it a little bit easier to, if, if you know that he's, Trying to get that bomber. Uh, no, I mean, if you, uh, think if, about the way a pitcher got a pitch, other guy. Think about that. All right, I got a Cunha. He can hit one out. He's the leadoff hitter. Ozzy can hit one. They can spray the ball as well. So your pitching pattern, just by him being in that lineup, you you got to try to get through all that. And if you throw Duval a mistake, then you know what could happen. Yeah, yeah but it, with two strikes and and two out, or I I will take my chance because more times than not, it's going to work out in my favor right. against Duvall. Right. We need murderers, row. guys that can now, hit three fifty. But you know he ain't gonna hit three fifty. Right? If he hit two fifty with thirty five or forty homers, I'll take that. One of the <sighs> things, things that I've learned to appreciate watching baseball now that I'm older is to see the battle between a pitcher and a hitter. Yes. And when it, that's what I mean when it comes to that baseball IQ. Right. Um, sure, it's great, and it's it's a, a automatic run, at least one, if you hit a home run. But to be able to literally have that mental battle in that box, to me, is the beauty of the game. Playing, playing small ball and, like, manufacturing runs. They right. Say. Like, yeah, sure, home runs are cool, and they're, you know, flashy and all that. But home runs – don't always win your games, especially late in the year. You right. can't count on that. No, I love uh, small ball. I love baseball. Uh, you know, singles, doubles, hit and run, all that. But, you know, like a friend of mine named Dexter said, you know, when we was talking about the NBA, how the game has changed. You know, the game has changed to where that's what they want. They want the long ball. They playing towards the fans. Except, remember how the Cardinals used to play in the 80s with Vince Coleman and Ozzy? Uh, I was a baby. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> they play they play small ball. They bunt. You know, think about the bunt. Where's the bunt went? Yeah, you yeah. know. So, uh, you know, is it? And that that's according to your manager. You know, every now and then they'll call for a bunt. I I love playing baseball like that, but with the lineup that we got, uh, you know, you're gonna have to play to your strengths. Also, I still think that we should win the East. In my opinion. 
It's going to be tough. But that's what good teams do. Right. I that's like what, it. You know, that's what good teams do. You got to win it. Sounds good, guys. All right, folks. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little golf. We'll talk Tiger Woods. How about that is a better topic? We'll back in a minute. Tiger Woo. Tiger Woo. <laughs> All right, folks, we are back here on the Couch Potato Sports Report. We're on the, hitting the last leg, guys, making that last <laughs> round around the, the track for those that play track. Oh, I play track? Play I, track. I did, I did, I did. What track, track you playing? Uh, who? What, you know what? What track? Anyway. What, number four? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was pretty good. I ran the 100, I ran the 200. I was pretty doggone good. I was talking about music. Yeah, more. play that track. <laughs> You know what? I can't even deal with you two this evening. So, Tiger Woods, um, he's been spotted in Augusta at Augusta National, walking around. Uh, Are we even sure? Do we want? Is he going to play, y'all? I think he's going to try because any – well, anytime he is in a tournament, he has a chance to win, especially the Masters. And on Sunday, he'll be wearing that red shirt – and you you got to respect it because he's he's proven that he can be the best golfer in the world at times. But I also think he's a little desperate to stay in in mm. stay relevant, and he may just be totally out of it. But just on legacy, just try to try to get in the game. Let me tell you something about Tiger, and let me tell you something about all those other players. They want Tiger there. You know why? Because when Tiger there, everybody make money. Question then. So look, this is the conspiracy theorist in me. Do you think possibly that just by coming that he's possibly being compensated by organizers just to arrive and He'll be fool there? if he ain't. <laughs> He'll fool if he ain't. He can sell some tickets now. Because, okay, let's just call it what it is. When Tiger plays, or if Tiger's on TV, Mo. People like me and you gonna be watching. We're gonna be watching golf. Yeah, that's more people. Yep. People of color gonna be watching because Tiger's there, and uh, all those players see they know that, and that's a credit to them. Yeah, Tiger, come play, man. I hope you can walk because that means it's gonna be more money in my pocket. You understand? Yeah. And see, the thing that that Tigers worry about, the other guy, is that we gotta wonder. If he gonna be able to walk eighteen holes, see, because he almost had his leg amputated in the wreck and his, his foot was shattered, so I think that's what Tiger's testing to see if if he's gonna be able to do that. Mm, but either do? way, that'll be a story. If he oh Tiger's in, but he can't go. If he if he's in it and in last place, he's still gonna have a lot of cameras on him. Yeah, people are gonna watch probably more than maybe the leaders. That's what it's about. Because it's a publicity there, There's thing. no way. Tiger is the same age as my sister. And I'm, not, I'm not saying that she's old, but she's older than me. So to think that Tiger Woods has, has been able to rehab to competitively, professionally play golf in the Masters, I'm not buying it. But I love it as a publicity stunt. I but, do. Mo, Tiger is a dog. Tiger is a dog. Let me tell you. Think about the dogs of sports. Think about Michael. Think about Magic. Think about Bird. Think about uh, uh, what's my boy? What's my boy in um, um, New York? Willis Reed when he went in the locker room. Tiger is that dog. And if Tiger come out and play, don't you? He already know he's great. That's going to put him up here. Because they gonna talk there's even that, more. There's that sentimental part no, of you no, again. It ain't sentimental. It it's is money. It, it, it is. It is. If you just follow the math and if you just look symbolically at what it takes to prepare to perform on a professional level in professional sports, then we're not even – are we a year? How long How long? Oh, okay. You don't think Tiger want to win not, when not he at his, Not at his age, not with his previous injuries, no. OG, what you so, got? So here's, here's my take on it. 
Tiger was at his prime and he was doing some memorial things. But you take that away, you take Tiger out of his prime. And so, yes, he's he's always been chasing Nicholas's record. Like that's I mean, well well documented throughout the last 20 years. But I think he's holding on to that hope that maybe there's a chance that he can still be relevant enough. But Tiger isn't Tiger without all these uh, outside outside in, uh, say it say it oh, man you gonna make me say that <laughs> tiger's not tiger if if he's not uh if you know living not, fast and loose okay. Uh, okay if tiger comes say if he come back you know tiger want to win if he come back he that competitive okay he uh everybody he, wants he, to win. all 40 of those guys okay. want to win yeah but he tiger but he I, three away from 18 if he say if he was to come back and win the masters you don't think he gonna get to eighteen? Yeah, he gonna get to eighteen. When you we done almost had your leg taken off, and then you come back and win. Do you remember? Do you remember? Does everybody remember when when Michael <clears throat> Michael Jordan retired and he came back mm-hmm. and he played for two or three times Wizards. Wizards? And he wasn't Michael. He and, wasn't, and it was evident. And the will was still there. He still was the goat. In some, but games, it, it was painful wasn't. to watch. It was painful to watch the man that we saw glide through the air, literally struggle and look old on the court. This isn't '98, T Bird, where Tiger's winning by ten strokes. Yeah. like no one cares that it's it's so it's Tiger. So what? That was that was ten years past his prime. I tell you what, I'll be Tiger right now, and I'm gonna look at my bank account. So they care. <laughs> they care. And when he show up at the Masters, they gonna care. They're gonna care because it's it's extra publicity and fanfare. I, but he's money. not gonna be competitive. It, it, there's a very Y'all small area, small chance that he can be competitive and be in the running. Y'all because he's that. so far out of out of it. Y'all heard that live in Cartersville, Georgia, that the other guy said Tiger. It's not going to be Tiger if he plays in the match. I'm with him. He's not standing I, alone on that. I don't think that. So he may decide I'm not going to play. But if he comes back, I think he think that he can win. He of course think he, he does. Win. He can think He's it all day long. That. But all his, 40 of those guys think they can win, but they're, they can't. 35 of them are going to be irrelevant. Tiger's going to be one of those 35 if he even gets to play. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Let's, let's flip it up a little bit in some random talk here. The Jimmy Butler situation, Miami, the Miami Heat are a good team, but it looks like there's a possibility of them imploding from the inside out. So what are your thoughts? Is Jimmy Butler the problem? Period. He's a nut. Jimmy Butler, everywhere he's been, it's been a problem. And and, and I'm so glad that Eric Spolstra uh, came back at that boy. Because you think just because you're the superstar, you can talk the way you can. T- this is doing the game in a timeout. And who was the boy, Hazlitt? You don't have yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm glad, Eric, because, you know, I got to give it to you. These coaches, a lot of them take a lot off these superstars. And I, I wish he would have knocked the crap out of him. I, I, I couldn't that. agree yeah. more. It, it, it seems like he's never been told no before. And the way he's acted, he's, he's never been put in check. But Udonis Haslam has been in Miami for a decade. Forever. He was he was still there when the big three were there mm-hmm. at the start. Spolster's been there for a long time, and you got this new guy Butler who's talking about you know dinner reservations during the timeout. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah he should have gotten Looking knocked like up. Jamie Fox. <laughs> well, look, question, like. you said you said that he's the problem, and you talk about some of the the infamous um, spats between coach and player. Is is can this potentially end in a Latrell Sprewell choke? Maybe you know. I, I, you know what? I I think that they came close to. Uh, they, they didn't swing, yeah. but they they came close to blows. Did y'all see the video? So we are we, are we training him? Are we getting rid of him? What? I think they're gonna keep him through this to see where it goes. But I think it it could be some action at the end of the year. It's gonna be he's gonna be the Antonio Brown of the NBA. There no, go. Nobody's mm, gonna want to touch him. Because now he's put it out there that he's he's, he's toxic to the team. And and speaking of that, if anybody signed Antonio Brown again, they are absolute fool. Well question that well, what if there's opportunity for Jimmy Butler to come to the Hawks? There might be no, maybe sir. 
Him and Trey, oh my god, I couldn't imagine no, the sir. ego no, in sir. between. You, you, I, I just couldn't go with that. And besides, why? I, I just don't think Jimmy all that great. I really don't. I, I think he has too many subpar games to but, make. But the he's mo- been a difference maker everywhere he's went. Even if he hasn't been the man, he's he's done the little things. He T-Burn. does do the little things, but I don't want the problems on my team. I mean, I, I just. I, I just don't know, man. I'm gonna have to get all the facts before I, really? I bring the trouble. Are you I, doing the company line for real? All the facts? Yeah, I got to get all the facts on Jimmy Butler and decide if I want to deal with that. Well, call call some people, get those facts because yeah. we're gonna talk about it next time. Because I, you I, would take I, it. I think in the right coach could could keep him in line. It ain't Nate. It ain't Nate. <laughs> it ain't That's Nate. true. <laughs> That's true, but you think Popovich would let that fly? No, heck no. Right? No. Could could Popovich make Jimmy be that team player he, that he needs to be? He possibly could. We thought he controlled uh, Dennis Rodman, but he really didn't. <laughs> I mean, they smoke screened that. Yeah. I mean, it didn't get out there. But him and Jimmy, I mean, him and Pop wouldn't GI. Does Dennis GI with anybody? Uh, he, he did with Michael, but yeah. but that's Michael. That's Michael. not Pop, or that's, that's true, not the but coach. But it's not, it's not Trey Young, so that that would that, certainly be interesting. To I just I would have to get all my I, I'd have to you know sit down and do some. I, I ain't t- taking nothing away from Jimmy Butler's talent, but don't nobody want to deal with all these type. Of, you got somebody enough with does. the group you somebody, got. Somebody that wants to win bad enough will. Yep. Well, yep. good point. With good some point. money. Yep. So I, I you know. We we you know we got to get uh uh what we need is that other guy that can uh, <laughs> not our other guy <laughs> we need that other guy that can shoot with Trey and, and you know be that dagger that a lot of teams got that we don't have everybody wants the Splash Brothers but you can't like look at uh, they Bradley Beal they are. and and yeah. uh, that's who I'd love to have Bradley Beal really yes you need guys that can play some defense he with all that plays scoring. defense. He he's he plays defense. Uh, who was another guy? I tell you what, I tell you a guy that probably would fit in real good with us was Spencer Doolittle. That boy, that boy. That, what I'm saying See, is, this is how I know we've been here. It's I know, but look, tonight. I'm just saying as a listen as a piece because DeAndre Hunter can't shoot. Uh, Kevin Herter, you have no idea what you, he's played good the last four games, but you have no idea what you're gonna get, and it counts in the in the playoffs. I need that other guy to shoot that jumper and hit it when we need it, and we're just not getting that, and we ain't gonna get it in the playoffs. Yeah, either. three guys that can score twenty. That's what you need. Well, the they did it the other night, but we don't I'm do preaching. it consistently. No, 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 we don't. That's the key. When you get in the playoffs, you got to have that in the playoffs. If Trey scores forty or fifty points in the playoffs, the Hawks are likely going to lose. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe so, but he got to because he ain't got no help. I have no idea what DeAndre Hunt, he missed five wide open shots, and he's been doing that consistently. So. And then Kevin Herter, again, I'm going to go back to Kevin. When he off, he, his yeah. hair is on fire. But when he off, it's like the game is just at a low. They come down. Yeah. It, it, so, I don't know. Anyway, right. Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, we'll have to talk about that. But right. I think it's going to be something up because Eric Spolstra is not the, – the, the from what that video, he was telling Jimmy Butler, I'm a man. You ain't going to talk to me like that. Yeah. And so I think it may be something going on in the offseason with that. All right, guys. We're um, ready to wrap up for a final day. Uh, One one last thing that I wanted to get your thoughts on before we run out of here, and that's um, Todd Bowles. Um, Good pick? Yes, I think so. I was glad to see another person of color get get another job after Mm -hmm. being fired. I mean – I'm not set like that, but it is what it is. He didn't have a fair shake with the Jets. I mean, they're the Jets. Like, yeah, that's that's not it, a fair shot. And I'm going to give Bruce Arians some credit because everywhere he's been, he's had a very diverse uh, coaching staff. He's had women, you know, he's had men of color, and I think he set this up. For that, and I also think that him and Tom Brady didn't get along as well as he said it. Right, right. And it, look, everybody loves a winner and a quarterback. And Brady has twenty years with Belichick, and that's a certain style. And 
sure, you can get along with anybody when you're winning Super Bowls. But I think it's very telling that Brady came back, and and then the next thing we hear is that Aaron's retired. There, right. There's got to be something gotta to that. Be. And one more thing, Todd Bowles got everything you need now. Does he? So you, what? Well, what I'm saying is, he got a better team than he's ever had. Yeah. You better coach, and you got the goat. You better coach. And he's he's a defense guy, and they got a defense. Yeah. Let Tom run the offense. You don't is, even need that's that. That's what I'm gonna say. Is he gonna is is Bowles gonna be okay with the with the goat being the coach? Because he's, he's, you, he's you a mean defense is, guy. You mean is Tom Brady gonna be okay? No, with is Bowles no. gonna be okay with Brady having uh, too much of a say in far as far as the offense? Yeah, yeah he's gonna be okay. You got a guy with eight <laughs> Super Bowls. You gonna you gonna yeah, give him you, you, gonna you, give don't, you don't think ego getting away somehow? No, he ain't gonna get away. He don't even talk on the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't gonna get in the way. But yeah, he, but what I'm saying is he's got a great defense. He's got a great offense. All these guys came back on time. And you got the greatest quarterback in the game. In the game. And he's 45 years old. Don't matter. So, so Todd, he got what he needs. So, now you got a coach. Gotcha. All right, guys. Well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure with you this evening. Um, what? You want to say something, Dexter? Go ahead. All right. Well, thank you all for listening in tonight. It's been a great show. We really enjoyed this. Uh, we just want to let you all know that Mission Road Studios, are we're coming out. We're having several podcasts, Couch Potatoes, the Let's Talk with Dexter Benning show. So please tune in on Monday uh, at 11 o'clock to hear the Let's Talk with Dexter Benning show. And stand by. We're going to have other podcasts coming your way. Mission Road Studio. Guys, thank you all for such a great, informative show tonight. Uh, I really was chomping at the bit to get in, but I decided to sit back and, and just listen to y'all. Fantastic job. We thank y'all so much. And see everybody next week on Couch Potatoes from Cartersville, Georgia. And tell everybody. <laughs> Good job, guys.